Hey everybody, this is Sean with the Three Cheers Podcast. Before this episode gets started, I just wanted to warn you that this is a different type of episode. In this episode, Jordan and me talk about the Mass Effect game series as a whole and our opinions about it. This game series is very special to us and we wanted to give it the time it deserved. So if you don't like or know Mass Effect, this is not the episode for you. This format is something we are thinking about implementing once a month, but the normal Three Cheers Podcast will be back next week. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy our analysis. Hi, welcome to Three Cheers Podcast. My name is Sean. And he's joined by me, Jordan, today. We're going to talk about Mass Effect today. We're going to talk about all of Mass Effect. Every single aspect of Mass Effect. Mass Effect 1, 2, 3, and even Andromedon. I'm sorry. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) But, alright, let's just dive into Mass Effect 1. Yeah, we're going to talk about this uh, sequentially. So we're going to go through each game individually. Uh, we're going to start with Mass Effect 1, we're going to end with Andromeda. So, let's kick it off, Mass Effect 1. How did you feel when you first played it? Um, well, actually, a little backstory. Uh, for the, I, I tried playing for like five minutes at uh, some friend's house, and I wasn't really feeling it. But you kept talking about how great the game was, so I sat through I played more than five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and I'd imagine. It was really good. Yeah. Like, I love story, like the story decision. The shooting and killing things, it was cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, uh, the first time I ever heard about it, actually, um, when I heard about it, I was still, like, renting games from a local video game store, and I played a game called Alpha Protocol, which was um, a game, like, that had choices and everything, and um, when I rented that, the person told me to try Mass Effect, because if I like choices, that's a good idea to try, and uh, honestly, the box art kind of discouraged me, but I decided to try it, and... I as soon as I played I fell in love with it because it's basically like a space opera like you are a space commander and you just kick ass in space and it's just fantastic um so Mass Effect 1 really brought me into it very quickly and I loved it um I was very unprepared for how much I would love the series because of that game um, there's a few decisions that I wasn't happy with that I made once I realized the whole scope of the universe, but the first time I played it, it was still the best. One of the few times that I can say, like, I played a game that revolutionized my idea of gaming. I agree with that. Um, it was a little rough at first, though. Yeah. The first few, like, I did like how they just threw you into it, though. Yeah. And, like, you could just, like, when you first met a Turian, you're like, okay, what is that yeah. thing? <laughs> That thing is ugly. Yeah, and then you can like ask questions and stuff to figure out what's going on in this world. And I liked how they just threw you into it. They're like, figure it out. Yeah, and I love that shit. Yeah. Um, it looked bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, back, come, going back to yeah, it now. Back then we thought it, you know, it was. No, back then it looked beautiful. I yeah, imagine. But it, the graphics are. Yeah, I got into it probably like a few years after it released. Because I remember specifically that I got into it like a year before Mass Effect 2 released. So back then it looked very bad. <laughs> um, and like I just looked past that. Like the cutscenes all looked bad. Um, and I just kind of dealt with it. And like even though like eventually like once I played Mass Effect 2 I kind of realized like that cutscene was just the style that they were going for. So I learned to deal with it. And it was great. Like, they increase graphics every single game. But the first game, man, it looked awful. It, it looked like a potato. It looked awful, but the story made up for it. Yeah. 
greatly. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, besides the Mako. <laughs> Don't even get me started on the Mako. The Mako was one of the worst parts of the entire game. Yeah, I got to the point where, for like when you need to drive it around the whole planet, I'm like, no, I'm going to the mission in the Mako, that's it. I ain't doing any side thing or anything like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, for people that don't understand, um, the Mako is basically... So, every single side mission... Or, not every single, but the majority of the side missions in Mass... Whenever you went to a Yeah, yeah, um, The majority of the side missions in Mass Effect 1 required you to use the Mako. So, it's like, let's say you have to go to the moon uh, for a mission. That means you have to land with the Mako and drive miles oh, <laughs> to get to the mission. Um, and then also get stuff in between or whatever. And li- most every single side quest required the use of the Mako. And it was one of the most nail... Uh, it was just awful. <laughs> like, it was one of the worst developed processes of that entire game. Because it was awful to control. You, uh, The worlds were awful to traverse. Most of them are just empty besides where you and needed the, to go. You always had that random ass hill just chilling there. Yeah, and which, like that would take you minutes <laughs> to get past. Trying to go up it was never the right choice. No, it was always You always had to go hard around as hell. just trying to go up it. Uh, the Mako is garbage. And just battling in it too, they threw battling in too. And I was like, okay, this is oh, not... Yeah. I still remember like the yeah. last mission or whatever, Mass Effect, where you had to do like the battling in it and it was still awful yeah it's um even much, a segment to um around like designed yeah, around the combat I system found the best way to use it is to just sit there and while they're shooting at you jump land shoot jump land shoot <laughs> and that should not be what you have to do with that <laughs> it worked very well though yeah uh, taking all those colossus those geth colossus were I don't even remember that. <laughs> yeah. I remember. I, I beat the game like 11 times. I remember a lot about this game. I, I beat it once, so. <laughs> <laughs> but you get past the graphics, the crappy Mako. Uh, the story was really good. The story was incredible. And this was the first game of the series, so you got introduced to all the races. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the story was incredible for the first game. And, like, before even um, functioning with, like, the other games, I thought it was incredible. But even on reflection, like, the first game, I feel like, had the best story of all time. And uh, it definitely had the best villain of all time. Uh, Because Saren was one of the most relatable villains in the entire series. Because he wasn't even doing it to, like, be evil. He was doing it because he thought that's what was right. And, like, that's what would save his species. I like those villains more often than not is that, you know, they think they're doing the right thing, yeah. but they clearly aren't. Saren was incredible. Um, every, like, on reflection, he, every single time he's on, he is incredible. He was doing what he thought would protect his species, and it obviously didn't. Uh, and it wasn't the right way to go about it, but that's what he thought was the right way. And it never occurred to him that he was under the control of yeah, it never did. And, like, that's why indo- indoctrination is such a, like, a fascinating concept of the series. Because you really didn't experience it in the first game. Um, you kind of had an idea of it with Saren when you went towards the end. But, honestly, like, it didn't deal with indoctrination. 
you didn't really understand the concept. You didn't of even it. deal with the Reapers yet. They just thought like his ship could control. Them. Yeah, <laughs> you really just talked to Sovereign yeah. a little bit during that one cutscene. Yeah, but uh, it was a fascinating approach to it because like so few games nowadays like have like that hands off approach to it. Where they're like, oh, we're just going to let this person take the wheel. We're not going to explain what's going on behind the scenes. Just let them do their thing. And that's what they did with Saren. He just, he was a villain that you thought, but then you realize, like, as you played the game, like, he actually had, like, a goal, like, he's not evil. He's just trying to save a species. And, uh, and it was a fascinating story. When he realizes, like, he's, like, at a like a puppet at the end of the game yeah it was an incredible like if you play paragon in that game it was incredible because he realizes what he did he realizes that he's being controlled by somebody else and like spoiler alert (laughs) but like he shoots himself in the head and it is an incredible part of the story i had a i had a playthrough though where he didn't shoot himself in the head yeah because i I didn't have enough renegade or paragon yeah no i did that too so you had to fight him and i was yeah, and it was an awful boss fight because it was hard yeah. as fuck. And then you go right into the next boss fight. Yeah. Um, no, I never actually saw that ending myself. I saw that on YouTube. But it was an, that is exactly how that game should have ended. Yeah. Because like that ended Saren's story arc perfectly. Because he was doing what he thought was right throughout the entire game. And then like he realizes that he wasn't actually right. That he's hurting people, he's hurting his own species, and he's giving the Reapers more control. So he killed himself because of it, because he realized that he was giving himself an... He was giving them an outlet to use their power against people. So he killed himself, and it was a perfect ending to that story. Mass Effect 1, the Paragon ending with Saren killing himself, was the perfect ending of that game. Anything else wasn't as good i do like i do like the option though the, I, i've always loved the paragon and renegade option because oh, yeah. it was like oh you could want to play this game super nice yes sir righty duty soldier you can or if you want to be a character i call shotgun shepherd where you're just a huge dick to everyone <laughs> <laughs> see like i do like it but i also like at the same time view it as limiting because it is very 50 50 because Sure, you can go neutral, but there is some options in the game where it's like you need to be 100% Paragon or 100% Renegade, and like that is very limiting. Um, which I can think of a moment in the next game that we're going to talk about, Mass Effect Two. Shouldn't we? Uh, yeah, that's but. how I'm going to transition. So, um, the team was really cool. Yeah, the I team just mention, like, was okay. There was um, no- it was exactly what they needed for the first game. But- there was not, for me, there was not a character on my squad that I disliked. I disliked Ashley. I liked arguing with Ashley. <laughs> so, well, like, I'm very open-minded when I entered the first game. Yeah. And uh, Ashley was very close-minded <laughs> for uh, the entire first game. Oh she was God. very racist. She's very close-minded the I, whole game. I, I don't know if you'd say racist or specious. Specious, but she did thing. not like aliens. No, <laughs> she was like comparing them to like a dog. Yeah, like oh, if there was a bear in the woods, you'd stick your dog on it. I'm like, no, I wouldn't, Ashley. You're a terrible <laughs> person. I love dogs. No, like I do like how it introduced you to like the mainstays of the universe, like Liara, Garrus. Yeah. Um, Garrus is my all-time favorite. During NPC. one, it introduced you to Tali, right? Tali was in one. Yeah. So it's like Rex. it introduced you to the mainstays of the whole universe. 
Yes. So, like, that was great. It introduced you to all, the, like, the main cores of each race, the per- people that you're going to talk to the whole time. So, like, that was fantastic. I loved that. But Ashley, Ashley. was awful. Ashley was a racist and Caden was boring. But every other, like, the, all the aliens were cool. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, Garrus was my favorite, even in the first game. My favorite NPC of all time. Um, I loved Tali's idea. Uh, they didn't really flesh her out in the first game. But uh, I liked the idea of her race. Um, Liara, honestly, I feel like she, they didn't flesh her out either in the first game. But she knew everything about the program. Yeah, it so. was really interesting, like, her, she like was... the background of her character. Yeah. But unless you delved into it, you didn't really get to experience it. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed her character, but honestly, I didn't really start to enjoy Liara until the second game. Um, the idea of her. Most of them get better as the games go on. Yeah, yeah, That's definitely. That's always how it goes, but... Yeah, and with that, we're going to go into Mass Effect 2. Because that game, still to this day, Mass Effect 2 rates as my second favorite game of all time. Um, I've played so many games, and Mass Effect 2 is one of the best built games I've ever played. Yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you there. That it, Mass Effect 2 was great. It was leaps... And bounds above Mass Effect 1. Yeah, like, that is, is how you do a sequel. Yeah, that is like, how you do a sequel. it took Mass Effect 1, all of the elements, and improved every single aspect of them. And it was incredible. Everyone loved the intro mission. Oh, it was so good. So good. It was one of the it best It is exactly how you do one, because it makes you feel hopeless. And like, oh, this is how what it feels like to die. Yeah. And then you come back from that. I do like how that when they bring you back, that's like the perfect way to write off, oh, you want to change how you looked in the mm-hmm. first one? Here's how you do it. We're yeah. rebuilding you. <laughs> yeah. No, it was incredible. That's and Mass Effect 2, good I can way. never sing its praises enough just how incredible it was. And like the fucking story in Mass Effect 2 was incredible. Because I, I guess like I can't say incredible. Because like I guess at the end of the day, it has a very basic concept. Yeah, every mission was... Find this person. Yeah. And then the next set of missions was like, um, oh, do this loyalty quest. But then they have the overarching yeah. quest. See, like, that's what I'm, like, grasping at right now is, like, the story of it. Like, it was incredible because, like, um, recruiting people to your squad was Which, incredible. That was fun. Like, they, every single mission that you did that recruited a member to your squad, like the Arcane... Archangel oh, mission and stuff like that. The reveal of that was fantastic. Was like, oh, it's Garrus? Yeah. But, okay. uh, yeah, like those missions were all fantastic and like building up your team to like combat this threat. It was fantastic. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, all the like side missions and loyalty missions, they all dealt with the main story. Yeah. And like, sure, you got random quests that's like, oh, find this. But you would find like that dossier while doing a mission yeah. for like, you didn't have to go out of your way for some side quests. Yeah, like it felt like the entire game was built as a like so most games like when they have like collectibles or like side um story elements like it feels like it's separate but like mass effect 2 how they built it was it felt like it was all one game so like you would do a random mission for something and like all of a sudden you find a mission log that relates to another mission you did yeah like someone you talked to or something and like all of a sudden like you need to do a mission for um grunt to like get him into this clan, but it also relates to getting the Krogan support in the Reaper. Yeah, presence. getting him to deal with his issues so yeah. he's ready for the battle. Yeah, so it's like every single mission in that game dealt with. We have to deal with this issue later on, 
Let's get everyone ready. And I did love this because I don't know any other game that's really like it. But importing one to two and just seeing like some of the decisions you made one actually affect in two was crazy for me. Oh yeah, that was incredible. Like it was um, unfathomable to like people back in the day. Because like every single thing you did in one dealt with what you did in two. And that was unbelievable back in the day. And it was an incredible innovation that they created. Yeah, because I can't, I can't name another game that's like that where you can import the previous game and it really affects the game. Yeah, no, I can't even think of one, honestly. Besides Dragon Age, but that's that's their... That's yeah, Bioware that's Bioware as well. So, so. that's like their thing. <laughs> yeah, they're one of the few companies that like they can create a game and then create a sequel that deals with the consequences of what you did in the first game. Yeah. And I love that idea because I like the idea that every... Because like, you have like that idea of like you're bulletproof as a player in a game. Mass Effect, that take, it takes away from you in a second. <laughs> You're not bulletproof. Every decision that you make matters, and it will come back later on. Yeah. Besides the three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two was, uh, like, that's what I liked about two is, like, yeah, it transferred over, but you're also dealing with two stuff, like, you're literally gearing people up for a suicide mission. Yeah. And people, like, you've been working with the whole game could just die. Oh, yeah. If and that's like, what I loved yeah, about it. Like, your decisions um, really mattered yeah, in the second Yeah, and I was terrified when I went into that suicide mission. Um, because, like, it grows you attached to all these people. But, like, you're going to a suicide mission. It is very easy to kill everybody yeah. in that mission. Unless Especially you do you it don't know specifically how, <laughs> how it wants you to do. Like, there's some decisions that are obvious. Yeah. There's some decisions that are not obvious. But they showed you that it was obvious through the gameplay. Like, oh, who's going to lead this? You're like, yeah. okay, well, Garrus is Garrus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they did a very good job with it. Like, yeah. I'm surprised because, like, they have all these different, like, jobs you have to give, basically, in this suicide mission. And I was amazed by, like, how well they told it in the story. Because, like, they talk about, like, oh, one mission, um, one part of the suicide mission, you need to have somebody lead a squad, like you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Always then Garrus. in the game beforehand, you saw Garrus leading his yeah, squad. Yeah, he was talking about the squad he uh, You saw Miranda leading Cerberus squad, so like they're both perfect options for it. Um, and then like one part of the mission requires you to pick a biotic to shield you from something. So you've already seen in the game that Jack is one of the strongest biotics in the world. Samara. And Samara is one of the strongest biotics in the Sari clan. So you know she's like... So it's like the game does a perfect job of putting that in front of you and like giving all the elements that you need to pick those choices. But it's just incredible. Yeah. I really like the suicide aspect at the end of the game. Like, oh, not everyone's going to make it. Oh, yeah. And I think that, honestly, like, that's what was lacking in the later games. Yeah. Was the stakes yeah, the that stakes, Mass Effect 2 did. Like, in Mass Effect 1, go back a little bit. I loved what they did with the whole, oh, one of your crew's gonna die. You have to pick which one you're gonna save. And the second one was the suicide mission. And I felt like after that, they lost their gusto to, like, yeah. really make a hard splitting decision. Here. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> because, like, Mass Effect 1, like, it was very hard to choose between Kane and Ashley. Not you, me, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it wasn't hard. I liked the but choice. Like, no, I loved the choice, too. And, like, it was a hard decision, I guess, for some people. But then Mass Effect 2 doubled down on it. 
and is like, oh, you have to sacrifice either your entire crew or do it perfectly. Yeah. And then after that, they don't require you to sacrifice anybody. Which, uh... And, like, that's what I feel like kind of lost it in the series because Mass Effect 2 was like, okay, here's your decision. You have to deal with the repercussions of your decisions. Figure it out. Yeah. Mass Effect 3 is like, oh, here's six squad mates. You're fine. You're oh. best friends. Deal with it. Uh, the team in 2, though... It was mass. I loved it. DLC included. There was like 11, 12 people. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was... I loved the size of the crew. Yeah, some of them I could, you know, do without. Like, Samara and Jacob, they can go. Yeah. Uh, but, like, Thane was introduced. So he was cool. He got introduced to a whole new race, the Drell. They weren't in the first one. Oh, are you talking about Thane? Yeah, Thane. I loved Thane. Thane, Thane was my favorite favorite was crewmate great. from that game yeah because garrison and talia they didn't really yeah like yeah. they were getting to the point where they were going to be mainstays and like they are getting to the point where they have incredible characters like i still love garris ever since the but first game can this take a minute i'm in the middle of some calibrations i could not deal with that <laughs> you have like three actual conversations with the dude yeah and it's like i want to talk to garris i don't want i don't care about jacob and his daddy issue uh-huh. all right <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, the most meaningful conversation I had with Tali the entire game series came in three after a specific moment that we will get to when we get to three. But I just want to talk about the team and, like, the people that stuck out. Jack was really cool. I loved Jack. I love the entire idea behind Jack. Jack was great. Uh, Miranda... Miranda was, was one of my favorite characters. The, the loyal Cerberus soldier, but at the end she's like, what, what they're doing is kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah, and that's why like having Miranda in your group at the end of it like kind of completes her arc. Yeah. Uh, some people like they don't have Miranda at the final boss fight, but like that really sacrifices a lot of story of her. Um, if you have her in the final like party of your fight. It really, like, solidifies her story, ends it perfectly. She tells the loose man to go fuck herself, himself, and it's fantastic. Which, by the way, the elusive man is one of the best enemies he of was, all time. He was really good. Um, which was weird, though, because he kind of was, like, you know, the anti-hero throughout most of this game. Until, like, the end where it's, like... He, was like willing to kill you for information oh yeah like like, two it is very like he's good and bad yeah um you can't really label him as a bad guy once he hits that point though where he would like had you die that's when you go all right this guy's an asshole yeah exactly (laughs) so like two does a really good arc with him three is just i i feel like three's lazy with it yeah because they just make him evil and it's like okay and he was better than the collectors which were the actual like villains because they were just mindless tools that's all they were no, the collectors were good to a point. Um, they kind of bridged that gap between what happened to the Protheans. Oh, that's what happened to the Protheans. Yeah, they, but, their genetic material, they were turned into collectors. Yeah, no, the Elusive Man was incredible um, for that entire series. Um, I feel like in 3 they kind of messed it up, but he was good in 2. He was fantastic in 2. Um, and whoever does his voice, I cannot remember. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen was incredible. And his voice should be synonymous with the game video <laughs> villains. It was it was a great villain voice. I liked I liked all the voice acting, too. I just want to put that out there. Like, um, Except this is going to get people angry, but I do not like Mark Mir. Mark Mir. So he's the one that played Shepard. Shepard. I like, like, how do I put it? I like his voice, but it's just so boring to me. 
Well, that's the whole thing is like Mark Muir is very bland. Yeah. I mean, and he did it's the... because Shepard is designed to put your personality inside him, basically. He did do the Vorcha, though. So that was. He did the Vorcha? Yeah, he voices the Vorcha. Oh, that's and, interesting. Yeah. So, so he does have range. He has range. It's just the way he did Shepard, it just Shepard was kind of a boring well, character. What you have to kind of think of is that it's not his choice. The yeah. company decided no, to make I know. him general as fuck. I'm not blaming him here. I'm yeah, blaming yeah. how they did Shepard. Yeah. I like the whole Mass Effect games, but Shepard is kind of in it to me. Like, I can't really... He's just some boring soldier to me. That's all he's ever been. Yeah, I've never personally played as female Shepard. Um, I hear she did Sadly. Really yeah. Because I heard that she was incredible. Well, Jennifer Hale is incredible. Yeah. So, like, that's why I'm kind of sad that I never did. Because I heard that that voice actress did an incredible job. Yeah, but if you're like me, though, like, I, when I do, like, RPGs and stuff like this, I throw myself into the game. So I could never bring myself to play as Femship, because I always play as myself and, like, create your own video games. And that's the same thing that kind of I am. Like, if there's an established character, like, if you're, if, like, let's say you're playing Borderlands. So, like, there's four characters that you gotta pick from. I will always pick the woman. But... In a game where you can pick your gender, pick your race, then I have to pick a man because it is way too... It's more relatable to you as the player. It's like, oh, I am a man, so... Yeah, exactly. So you have to get into it. Uh, But if there's pre-assigned characters, I will always pick a woman. I tried to play as Femshet for a little bit, and then I just realized men are pigs. (laughs) Because there's a lot of, like... like, There's some very big differences. Like, a lot of dudes will sometimes hit on you, and I'm like, wow... We suck. <laughs> but that's why I play as a male shepherd. And what we were talk- talking about, how his voice was boring. Lucid Man voice was good. Better oh, than the collectors. Martin, what Martin was Sheen. it? Martin Sheen was yeah. incredible. Yeah. He was, if I would say, uh, of the entire series, I think Martin Sheen did the best voice acting of the entire series. The, yes. Either him or, um, what is Garrus' voice acting? I'm going to be honest with you. I do not know that one. Okay, um, we both know it, but we yeah. can't remember. Once right you now. said that, I know Stephen Bloom plays Grunt. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, just shout out any Krogan you put in any of the Mass Effect games that you've played with is really good. Oh, spoiler! Um, but no. <laughs> yeah. Um, whoever voiced Garrus was incredible, but at the end of the day, I'll always give the best voice voice acting of the entire series to Martin Sheen. He was incredible. He made the elusive man a threat, but also nice at the same time, and that is so hard to do. <laughs> like, the elusive man, every, like, in two, like, if you think back to two, you thought he was your friend the entire time, and he was helping you. But at the same time, like, when you go back and play it, he's not helping you. He's helping himself. He's helping his own ideas. And that was incredible. And because, he's just using you. Yeah, he... Like, you can hear it in his voice that, like, he's just using you. And, like, you're just a tool to him. Yeah, and he's tr- he tries to manipulate you and uh-huh. stuff. And I, it's so great. I wouldn't say you were actually thinking he was nice, but you thought, you know, we had the same common goal. But, yeah, no, yeah. Elusive Man has his own agenda. Yeah, like, even, like, Shepard didn't fully trust uh, Elusive Man 2. And he brought him back to life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he never trusted him the entire game. But because Elusive Man is so manipulative and so perfect in the game... He, like, basically manipulates him to do everything he asks. Even though Shepard doesn't trust him, he does it because he thinks he's doing what's best for the human race. Yeah. And it's fantastic because, like, at the end of it, 
you realize like you're just the loose man's bitch and you're not doing anything like for the human race you're just trying to help cerberus and the lucid man and like the ending of it was perfect because like you kind of are like okay this is not what i should be doing i should be helping the human race and not helping lucid man and cerberus so you disconnect from that and go on your own path and that's what sets up mass effect 3 but before that it's just fantastic it was really um, I can't gush enough about Mass Effect 2's story. Mass Effect 2's story is really good. I just want to give a quick uh, fuck you to um, the council. <laughs> Either you save them or you kill them. They suck in this game regardless. I definitely <laughs> killed the council. No, I killed them first playthrough too, but I did one where you like save them, and they're still ungrateful. <laughs> I can't stand that. Like Literally, every single game I've ever played, the council is the worst the council, thing that ever happened. The new council, old council... Doesn't matter. They all suck at the end of the day. Which I get. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to. They're supposed to suck. <laughs> um, no one believes the. No, what thing. I can't stand is the decision that you make at the end of two that doesn't relate to three, which we'll get into now. Mass Effect three. Uh, um, I'm gonna cover the DLC of Mass Effect two first, real oh, quick. Shit. <laughs> Layer the Shadow Broker to this day is my favorite DLC I've ever played. I've never played it, but I've heard it's incredible. It is the best DLC ever. And anything that explores Liara's character is good in my book. Like, she was in the first one, but barely in the second one. But this expanded on her being in the second one. Yeah, Uh, and I heard, like, that was a lot of complaints from people when they played 2. Was that Liara's character was barely um, explored at all. Um, Until this DLC. Yeah, like, I never played any of the DLC for Mass Effect 2. So the only interaction that I ever had from Liara was in Office... And we were like, hey, welcome, <laughs> good to see ya. And that was basically it. <laughs> like, there's nothing else from her character development. Ex- but with the DLC yes. that came, Lair the Shadow Broker, it almost, I would almost say, from what I've heard from it, it expanded her character more than every single other character in the entire game. Yeah. No, it definitely did. Uh, it was really, it's way more better if you're romancing her too. Yeah. Just throwing like the storyline wise is better than that, but it's so cool because you she's like oh we need help Shepard you go to her house to try to find the shadow broker, and then you run into the Specter Asari which they had a Specter Asari which was cool that she was in the game. Yeah. Anyways, you find out she's working for the shadow broker betrayal one thing leads to another you find the shadow broker Liara's the new shadow broker. <laughs> yeah. It, no, it was a really cool story, uh, from what I've seen from it. And I kind of wish that I would have played it. But it seems like it was interesting as fuck. And in one of the best story-driven missions of the entire series. So I really wish I would have played it because honestly, to me, like looking back at it, that seems like the best story-driven mission in the entire series. Yeah, it was... And you can kind of be the judge of that. And it's DLC, which is the crazy thing. Like, this was bonus content and it was one of the best story-driven parts of the whole Mass Effect series. Uh, I'm thinking they missed an opportunity here, though, with DLC. You could have done, like, a whole like little game add-on of Garrus as a leader. <laughs> and I'm just now thinking that. That would have been if really cool. If they would have done an Archangel DLC, yeah. that would have been incredible. Like like a little game add-on like they did for uh, Origins of Dragon I mean, Age. technically, if you want to get, like, into the expanded universe of the game, they did an Archangel comic book series. Yeah. But of like him and his squad or whatever. I'd rather play it. No, definitely. 
I mean, that's every single video game. Uh, but that's a missed DLC, but the Lair of the Shadow Broker is the best DLC in any game I've ever played. It was really great to the story. I do wish you played it. <laughs> yeah, I do wish that too. Um, How is Arrival? Arrival? I've never played it. It pretty much just sets up, it pretty much just explains why you're in jail at the start of the third one. Cause like, oh, oh, okay, so it's basically like Mass Effect 2.5. Yeah, you're trying to stop the Reapers from coming early. And there's like this Omega Relay that you pretty much are taken out with a meteor. So wait, let me get this straight. Leviathan has nothing to do... Wow, I messed up that name. Arrival has nothing to do with Leviathan, right? No, nothing to do with okay. This I'm... just has to deal with like, you know, the Reapers coming too early. And like the scientist comes... It didn't make sense to me because the scientist like comes out with a meteor right, to take out the Relay. Yeah. And it's heading to the relay, uh-huh. but she's indro- indoctrinated, you find out. Uh-huh. And then you're like, wait, why would she even create do this thing to the meteor in the first place? Yeah. And it was, you take out the relay, you kill a bunch of Batarians. Like, a bunch. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, and, like, the brass they comes in. They have four eyes, it's gross. Yeah, uh, Admiral Hackett comes in. The first time he actually is, like, visible. Admiral Hackett, I don't know who does his voiceover, but it's incredible. It's really good. He does a great voice. This is the first time you see him. He comes on your ship. He's like, well, when you're done with this suicide mission, if you make it, we're going to have to, like, keep you underground or whatever. And Wait, that's... really? Like, Hackett is in Arrival? Yeah, he's in Arrival. He shows up. That's incredible yeah. to me. Yeah. Because, and... like, uh, Hackett has been, like, such a mainstay since even the first one. He was in the first one, but he has always been, like, via VidCom or whatever. Yeah. So, like, you never see him in person. So, like, that's incredible to me. That, like, he's actually in person. Yeah, you actually see him, and it's cool, because he's, he's there. It's like, oh my god, your voice is really cool, bro. And then, <laughs> I've seen you so yeah. long. And then he's like, alright, you're going to jail, though, pretty much. And I'm like, uh, Shepard, which, Shotgun Shepard, did not like that. Yeah, he, he didn't deal with that, that shit. He was like, um, excuse me, <laughs> stop the Reapers from coming, and you want to throw my ass in jail. Okay. <laughs> you're about to get your shit but rocked at three. Pretty much is what sets up to, Arrival is the setup to three. That's cool. I really wish that I would have played the DLC yeah. of Mass Effect because I feel like I missed a there's lot all, of it. Yeah, there's other DLC, but it all sucks. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I kind of gathered from, like, looking back on it. Because, yeah. like, I never, I have never played a single piece of Mass Effect DLC, even though I love the series. I have never played a single piece of it. And what I've gathered from looking back at it is that I've missed out on Layer of the Shadow Broker. I missed out on Arrival. I missed out on Citadel. Like, all those really impact the series as a core, and I missed out on all of them. And that really sucks. But, going into that, I will go into Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect 3. Because it is incredible. Um, In ways. This game is very good up until the end. Mass Effect 3 is very good on a surface level. After that, I feel like it is not good. It is, it is a badly made game if you look at the last 30 minutes. Last 30 minutes, and there's a few things in the game that really, like, just upsets me. Uh, first off, though, the gameplay is really, like, out of two and one and two, this Mass Effect 3 is way better Mass Effect gameplay. 3 perfected the gameplay of the series. Yeah, it made Well, it... I guess I wouldn't say perfected, because I guess if you want to count, like, the series as, including Andromeda... Andromeda had better gameplay. But, up until this point, Mass Effect 3 yes. was incredible. Playing as a Vanguard was the most fun I had in the Mass Effect games at this point. Oh, it was incredible. 
just the feel of Mass Effect 3. No matter what class you played, you felt like you were Shepard. And you were actually causing a difference in the entire world. And it was incredible. Uh, I did like the feature where you could carry whatever gun you wanted. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. It was like, okay, cool. So I could be like uh, infiltrator with like a uh, shotgun. Yeah. Which wouldn't make sense, but like I, I like having that option. Yeah, no, but that was an issue that I had in the earlier games. Because like forever in the entire series, my favorite weapon was an assault rifle. But that was very selective on what class you could have before soldier. that. Yeah. That was it. Basically, only soldier you could play if you wanted an assault rifle. Uh, there was, like, after you beat Mass Effect 1, you got to use yeah, the yeah. assault rifle skill. But yeah, like, yeah. But, like, in Mass Effect 3, they threw that out the window. You can pick whatever I weapon you want. I brought an assault rifle. And it was fantastic because the assault rifle was one of the best weapons in the game. And you could use it with any class. And it was fantastic. It was. Uh, and they... If you earlier. were a vanguard, you could use an assault rifle and shotgun because that was perfect that for that was class. What I did <laughs> exactly because vanguard it closed distance quick, and also if you want to be long distance, you could. So it was fantastic. Um, but the other games were very selective with your playstyle, like Mass Effect One and Two. If you were a soldier, that means that you're staying behind cover. Never interrupting well, a combat. You have to stay behind cover. Shoot from a distance. That was the uh, perks of being a soldier, though. Yeah, that yeah. You could use every single weapon. Yeah, yeah. And, but, like, three threw that on its head. Because yeah. it's like, oh, you're fucking Commander Shepard. You're gonna fuck shit up. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you're Vanguard. You can charge. You can buy out a charge from across the battlefield to the somebody. Charge. And then shotgun them. It was fantastic. Uh, I did the charge slam combo. Oh, yeah. Which you... Charge over there, then jump up and just uh-huh. punch the ground. It was so cool. Like, I loved doing it. I did it all the time. I was like, yeah. uh, unnecessary no. on a brute? I don't care. I'm doing it. <laughs> Mass Effect was one of the few series that, like, you can go between series with protagonists and actually see their increase in skill. Yeah. And Mass Effect 3 made Shepard a fucking badass. He and did. it was fantastic. It was fun to play as Shepard. Oh, God. It was just. Shepard. <laughs> oh, I loved it so much. Um, it made Shepard a fucking badass. No matter what class you were, Shepard was like, yeah, I'm here to fuck shit up. This oh, yeah. My character. Like, he knew what was at stake, and I'm gonna fuck shit up while I'm here. But anyways... <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah. I, I want to bring this up, because it really upset Sean. Uh, the Prothean DLC, real quick, before we go on and talk yeah. about the crew. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Oh, you want to you explain why it pisses you off? The Prothean DLC? Yeah. You want me to describe it? Because it shouldn't be it's DLC. It's bullshit. <laughs> it is not DLC. So, okay, so what pisses me off the most about it is that it is DLC. So, anyways, um, if you've known Mass Effect until Mass Effect 3, you've known that Protheans are a big deal in the entire mythos of the entire series. Uh Protheans develop basically every single thing that you're used to in the entire series. They developed the Citadel. They developed um, all of... What are, what are they called? The things Keepers? that... The drives. The drives. Oh, mass relays. Oh, ma- oh mass relays. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they developed the mass relays and the Citadel. They built those. Um, so you realize that the Protheans are a fucking huge race and they contributed everything to you and then in mass effect 3 they have a prothean crewmate that is not available unless you pay money and then that 
person is just in your crew the entire game. Adding and to that the story. is astounding to me because the Protheans are such a fucking important race in the entire game and they put it behind a fucking paywall. Yeah, that was uh, irritating. But you do find out actually that the Protheans didn't make any of that stuff. They just found it. Yeah, I realize that now. His character is very interesting though. Like, yeah, but when I was playing Mass Effect 3, I didn't know that. See, I bought it. And his character is very interesting. He's better than um, uh, Zahid and Kitsume from the second one because um, he actually had story. What is his name? Jav- Javik? Javik. Yes. And he was... You got to learn about the Protheans firsthand. It should have not been DLC. I agree with you He 100%. had great quotes. Yeah. He had good <laughs> That quotes. was about it. Uh, his character is very interesting. He should, because of what the Protheans were to the whole game, he should have came with it. He should have came with it regardless. Regardless. Yes, it should have just been integrated into the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, It should have been integrated fully. Because it is ridiculous to me. Because the Protheans are such a big part of the entire game. Like, honestly, even, like, um, Liara's talking about Protheans in the first fucking game of the entire series. She's talking about Protheans. But in the third game, you have a Prothean squadmate that can actually, like, tell you about what's going on. Because he's lived through it before he doesn't talk about shit he talks about ooh ashes ooh if you talk or if you've walked across the uh, ashes in your entire race you'll know what I've dealt with that's fine that's great great line but, good job but it's fucking bullshit because he should not be in the third game he should be before that and he should not take Fucking DLC precedence. Yes. But that was his whole thing, though, that he didn't know that much because he was just a soldier. Yeah. And they had the beacons, but uh, we can't... He commun- knew enough, though. That's what yeah. bothers You me. couldn't communicate through your hands like they can, so you never understood the beacons, and they're like, oh, we just gave you all useless information because you can't understand what the fuck we're saying. <laughs> See, but, like, I get that to a point, but at the same time, those beacons... Warn Shepard of what's happening. Yeah, but they were supposed to warn everyone, but they only Shepard for some reason could understand. Like once he got it ciphered and everything, he could understand it. Yeah, I know, but like, God, it just shouldn't been a DLC. That's a no, no. Like that's the whole thing that kind of bothers me is like the entire idea behind Protheans is really interesting for three. That should not have been DLC. No, it should have been. It should have been integrated into the actual storyline. It would have made way more fucking sense, and like. Think about, like, if Harbinger would have, like, referenced Javik at the end. Yeah. That would have been incredible. Because Harbinger was a collector, which collectors are Protheans. So, like, that would have been way fucking cooler well, if, like... Harbinger actually controlled the main... Yeah, yeah. He he, claimed, he controlled he is, all the collectors. So, like, imagine yeah. at the end of, like, three... No, wait... Yeah, I guess three, because we're talking about three. Yeah. But, like, imagine if Harbinger... Oh, I guess you kill Harbinger in two. Well, you kill his vessel. He's a reaper because he's at. But the like, end of imagine three. if, like, in three, the reapers talk to Javik as if they know them. Yeah. As if they know him. That would have been incredible. Like that would have been a, such a great moment. Like, ooh, Javik, oh, the planet. You're blah, supposed blah, blah. to be dead. <laughs> yeah, like that would have been incredible of a moment where like they know exactly who you're bringing and they know his upbringing, even though he's hundreds of years old. Like, that would have been an incredible Thousands. moment, but they didn't do it. Because uh, they included Javik as DLC, and he's nothing. 
to the story because he's DLC. You can't actually have him impact any story elements. No, he is part of the story. Like, he has... Uh, you can talk to him after missions. He says things during things. Yeah, but that's different. Unlike, I'm saying, like, if somebody impacts the story. Yeah. Like, their feelings impact what you decide. He doesn't. He's just there. He wants to kill the Reapers. Yeah, I know. That's, but I'm saying, well, he is DLC, so honestly, at the end of the day, he can't impact anything. Yeah. I get what he saying. can impact some, like, random conversations you do, but he can't actually impact any conversations because he's DLC. And yeah. that is wrong. He should be part of the main game. He should be a crewmate for the main game. And he should help you decide things for the main game. I mean, speaking of the main game crewmates, what the actual fuck did you give us? <laughs> Oh, yeah, Mass Effect 3 yeah. was ridiculous. Uh, two, here's this huge roster. Yeah, you're not going to use anyone from this one and the third one except for Garrison Tali. Basically, Fuck Mass you. Effect 3 was <laughs> like, let's just take Mass Effect 1's roster and yeah. reuse it. Um, Give me James. First off, it's the final game ending everything, and you give me some random new guy named fucking James Vega. No, do not do that. See, I never used James Vega, yeah. so because yeah, just, I protest um, against him because James Vega is the worst yeah. person ever made. Also, you didn't give me a Krogan. What the fuck? Yeah, uh, that was dumb. The entire game. Yeah, no, you, uh, you can get Rex in the Citadel DLC, but I don't give a shit about that. I oh want yeah, the game. No, no, you should never when you think of, when you're like quantifying what a game is, yeah. you should never compare it to a DLC. No, that that it's not allowed. But. What I'm the most pissed about is, like, where was the Krogan for the entire game? Yeah, there was no Krogan. Uh, I didn't like that, besides uh, Tali and Garrus, who were in the first one, that you didn't get anyone from 2 transferred over into your squad. That yeah, was none stupid. of them. You was, had to, like, like, earn it. And yeah. it's like, they're already here. Yeah, especially, like, for instance, like, you romance Miranda and Jack. And then they come into the third game like, oh, we're like side characters. So, you know what? Screw that. <laughs> that pissed me off the most because yeah. Miranda was one of my favorite characters in 2. And I feel and like... she's nothing in 3. They would have been a way bigger deal if they were squad mates. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like, that I get why Thane's... I get why some of them weren't there. Jacob yeah, sucked. Yeah. Thane was dying. Thane definitely, I, I understand. There's no excuse why we couldn't have Grunt, Miranda, and Jack. There's no excuse for any of those. Yeah, things. there's no excuse. So... Okay, so let's go into the excuses of Bioware. So Jack was leading a school. Didn't need it. It wasn't did necessary. not need it. We did a mission with them. It wasn't. It wasn't needed at all. And anyways, when you read like the codex of her afterwards, her and her students joined the fight anyway. So they on the front line. Jack could have yeah. came into your group no matter what. Miranda was the entire game. She was running from the uh, Cerberus. It's like, um, hey, Miranda, we're literally killing Cerberus agents left and right. Roll with us. Right? You'll be fine. <laughs> like, literally, the entire concept of Miranda's story in the third one is like, oh, I'm running from Cerberus. Oh, perfect. We're running from Cerberus and killing them, too. Why don't you just join us? Yeah, like, it didn't make but sense. But Shepard never even mentions that. I didn't like that. And... It, and a slap to the fucking faces. You gave me James Vega. What the oh, hell? Don't like, even get me started on oh, fucking hey, Vega. Loco. Oh. 
Like, Vega is the worst character. He's trying to be buddy, me. buddy, give me a nickname. Don't it's like, fucking call me Loco when I saved your galaxy twice. Fuck you, Vega. Yeah, what the fuck? Maybe if you were calling me. Yeah, maybe if you were calling me Loco from the start of the game when I started this shit, we'd be cool. But fuck you. I wanted. Um, yeah, I know. It's getting me angry and not speaking straight. <laughs> I wanted squad. I wanted Mass Effect Two squad mates, and you gave me fucking James. You didn't give me a grunt. He's your replacement for a Krogan. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, no, James Vega means fucking nothing. I never played with him and once in three. I did say this game was great up until the ending, but this part also pissed me off with the squad mates. Like Miranda Jack should have been there. Grunt after the Arlar Company incident could have fucking joined your ass. What pisses me off the most about it? Okay, so I'm fine with three having a limited roster, I guess. If that would have been two. Because I'm fine with two having a limited roster. But three, the entire story about it is the Reapers are going to destroy all life. So all hands should be on deck. But in three, you have the smallest party size of the entire series. It makes no sense. Because you should have everybody there. Because it is the, it is the end of all races. So I don't understand that. I didn't understand. Yeah, why would you give us a roster, like in the second one, here's this yeah. huge roster. All yeah. right, you only get six. Oh, if you pay for Javik, you have Yeah, seven. like what? Okay, so I have not researched, but like two, what is it, like 13 people? Yeah. And if then in three, DLC, what is it, like six? Six plus DLC, seven. Like, and it makes no sense because like Mass Effect 3 is the end of the world basically for all races. And you have nobody from the last game. That was like, like barely anybody. And we debunked Grunt, Jack, and Miranda, though. Yeah. We debunked that okay. shit. Okay. But I mean, if you want to get technical, Grunt not being part of your party is the biggest amount of bullshit in the entire series. Yes, because their false replacement for a Krogan was James. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's just infuriating because they established like this storyline that requires all your story members to be part of it because you have a. Su- you don't even have a suicide mission at the end of it. It is the end mission. It is the there fate is, of the entire galaxy. Yeah, there is nobody that will survive this mission. You have to do a mission that will ensure anybody surviving. There is nobody that is insured for surviving. You are just there to try to prolong the inevitable. And you want to know who signs up for that fucking mission? Barely anybody. Yeah, no, Jacob's got to deal with his pregnant girlfriend. <laughs> Right. But that's more important than it's saving fucking the bullshit. entire universe. Like, okay, even though I hate Jacob, he's one of the worst characters he from two. He should have fucking been a character. He was just like, oh, okay, yeah. I have a pregnant girlfriend, I can't help She's you. She's one of the scientists on the uh, Catalyst, so I'll go help her. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's fucking bullshit. Like Miranda. Oh, I have a sister that's being hunted by the loose man. Oh, okay, I'll help you. And then when you help her, she's like, oh, okay, bye. And yeah. it's like, why didn't you help me in the rest of the fucking game? Hers doesn't make sense because she's running from service. And literally, why don't you go on the team that's fucking killing those fuckers left? Exactly. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, <sighs> and, like, that's why I feel like Mass Effect 3 was thrown together in the fucking last few months. Because it has the ideas of a good game, and then it just shits all over all those ideas. Because it just makes no fucking sense at the end of it. I mean, it the, the game had some real moments that really got me, though. Okay, if you want to talk about moments that got me, what's the Legion Tali moment? Yes, that was... 
I, we just said there was no like split second decision, like really tough decisions. This one would have been tough, but no matter what you chose, Legion dies. Yeah, like that's if what you want to get technical. So Jordan got this, but I didn't. So for the Legion ta- Tali mission, yeah. you have like the choice to decide between the Quarians and the Legion. The Geth. Or Geth, sorry. Fuck. <laughs> but <laughs> you have that choice to decide between them. I didn't get that choice because I didn't play Paragon enough because I was more neutral through my yeah, playthrough you or whatever. choose to save them both. But whatever. Fuck off. I did that first You got time. the easy way out. I did that the first time, too. <laughs> Anyways, um, you basically had to decide between Tali or Legion living. And I was just like, I am so conflicted. Because Legion, in Mass Effect 2, Legion was my favorite character. Don't get me wrong. He was definitely my favorite character. He was really good. But Tali, I loved just because, like, how much she sacrificed for the mission. And she's been with you since day one. Yeah. She, like, she sacrificed her entire life to be part of your mission. Like, she got secluded from the Frotilla just to be part of your mission. So, in Mass Effect 3, it kind of makes you decide if you're going to trust Legion or Tali. So, I trusted Tali because she's human. <laughs> or close to human. Organic. Yeah, basically. They would call She's it. organic, and Legion is an AI. So I sided with Tali, and it is one of the hardest decisions I've ever made, and one of the worst decisions I ever made, because I had to watch Tali kill Legion, and Legion ask if he has a soul. Oh, God, does this And it is one of the worst moments I've ever seen, and I wish that I could take it back. Uh, that's another thing we can debunk, too. Like, let's say you chose the Geth. Mm-hmm. Legion should then join your squad. Yeah. That was dumb. I said what I'm still dealing with is get Legion's death. Yes. But it happens no matter what you do. You save the Geth, he dies. You save the Quarians, you die. You save them both, he dies. Yeah. But guess what? When you save them both, Legion doesn't, like, say with a spike through his throat, does this unit have a soul? He does ask it, though. I know. Not like that. But, but he doesn't have a spike through his throat. Yeah, um, that was pretty... And then it you, was so bad. You felt like, really bad, too. To me, like, that was the most emotional moment of the entire series. Which is funny, because, like, it's the most emotional moment of the series for me. But it was a, with an AI. Yeah. But with Legion dying, that was the most emotional moment of my entire series. Oh, God. And that was after you took out a Reaper, which was badass, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it was great. Fucking, again, with Shepard being a badass in this <laughs> But, game. like, Legion dying in that game was the but, saddest moment for me. It was, it had sad moments. Uh, another sad moment was when you realized Thesia was lost. And you just see the Reapers coming in at the end, and you're like... Like, you start to think, like, what am I doing all this for? I can't save shit. Like, Thesia was a super impactful moment in the entire series. Honestly. Because Mass Effect 3 was just full of emotional moments. Yes. Which, like, it starts off with Earth being invaded. Yeah. And then it ends off that intro mission (laughs) with you realizing Earth is lost. You have to get help. Because Earth is gone. Um... Another thing that relates, speaking of because on Earth you talk to Anderson, which another thing where I'm kind of agreeing with you, like, oh, they kind of like threw this in last, like, 
It kind of now the more I think about it, Mass Effect Three feels like it was like thrown together like last minute because I picked Anderson to run the council and somehow without explaining it, you you Dina's running the. I still don't understand. That. They never explained it or anything. No, that feels like that was one of those decisions thrown in. And they just did not have a conclusion to it. Yeah, it was... Um, I feel like if you picked Anderson, Anderson should be running the council. No, and it pissed me off, honestly. Like, because, like, that was a decision I made. Yeah. And you didn't bring it to you the didn't li- game. You didn't live up to the decision like no, you did no, with everything definitely. else. Like, why even give me the decision? Yeah, that was... I didn't understand it. You should have just made you Dina no matter what. If that's what you were going to do. Yeah, no, it pissed me off. But, <sighs> like, whatever. It was It was dumb. But, like, I have never played the Citadel and Leviathan DLC. Yes. Can you please explain those to me? I'll start with the Leviathan one. It pretty much, which, it was a DLC, but it kind of, like, you go and see, like, where the Reapers came from. It it turns out there was this species a long time ago called the Leviathans, which are organic, but they created the Reapers. And the Reapers were pretty much like, okay, we're going to go do Reaper shit. Okay. And they're like, oh, we're going to go in hiding then. So, like, the Leviathans designed AI, basically. Yes. they. So, were, they were the first ones that designed full functional yes, AI. Yes. Before the Reapers were made, they were what was there. Yeah. They were, like, worshipped by all the creatures and everything. So, like, the Leviathans, like, worshipped them as, like, this is what we always wanted. Yeah, they worshipped the Leviathans, and then they made the synthetics for, like, the same reason the freaking quarians did to make their lives easier yeah and then the reapers were like now we're gonna destroy everything every like fifty thousand years yeah and like the leviathans did not have the ability that the quarians had because like quarians were able to actually wage war against the ai that they developed but leviathans could not well leviathans had mind control yeah but i'm saying they had no mind control over machines no they can't control the machines they made yeah so that's where they're like, okay, yeah, we're going to go into hiding. They kill some of us. We're going to go hide for a bit. I know, but I'm saying, like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like the Quarians had the ability to combat the Geth. Leviathans didn't. Leviathans. Are, so you find the Leviathans. They're under sea, by the way, on some foreign planet. Yeah. And they're like, oh, like, we're going to have you be our slave shepherd. We know about you. Yeah, you're going to join us. And he's like, or you could help us kill the things you created. They're like. You know what, fam? You're right. <laughs> We're gonna help you, and then that's where you get the mind control ability. Yeah, which was cool. I used it; it sucked. You pretty much just have them turn, like the creatures turn on each other. And gotcha. It was, uh, anyways, it was very lackluster. And I'm like, these are the things that created the Reapers. Yeah, and you kind of just wrote them off, like, oh yeah, Shepard found them. They're gonna help in this war, but you never see them again after that. Well, yeah, like that's pretty much what I summed up as that shouldn't have been DLC. No, it's. And even if it was DLC, it could have been better. Yeah. Uh, these things created our enemies throughout this whole game, and you're just barely touching on it. Yeah, I just hate the fact that, like, Promethean, crewmate, I already went into that. Yeah. What the, why that should not be a DLC. And then you have an entire DLC that's about the entire story of the entire series, and you just have it as DLC. And it's like, that just astounds me. Because, like, that is what the series is about. But it's DLC, not the main game. Makes no sense. It was, uh, oh. Uh, Citadel, though, was, it was definitely DLC. 
it was for fun. Like, it was pretty much just, oh, we're all friends. Like, you're pretty much hanging out with the crewmates. You do some fun side missions. It's just all about having fun. To me, I never played Citadel. Yeah, it but was... But from what I saw from the outside, it's just fan service. Yes, it was huge fan service. It was great. It was funny. Uh, Grunt's birthday party was great. You didn't get to play it, but you heard about it. Like, it was just showing that, like, yeah, we're all, sh- like, soldiers and fighting this war. But it's like, we're on vacation right now. We're taking leave before this huge fight, you know. And we're just having a good time with all our squad mates, friends we made along the way. Yeah, and that's great, but... That's a good DLC for me. Like, it's only, like, story-wise, it's, like, it's just to, like, build on those friendships. Uh, Story-wise, you fight a clone of yourself, Shepard, which is the first part. And then after the first part, it's, like, the hangout, which is the second part. It's just a fun little thing, you know, to be like, oh, yeah, cool. They can hang loose. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's cool, but I just don't like that it's DLC, basically. I know, but... it makes more sense as DLC than the Leviathan one. Or no, definitely, the, definitely. Per, the Prothean one. A Citadel DLC makes way more sense than Leviathan and Citadel. Yeah, well, Leviathan and... Definitely. Um, another thing, moving back to the game, they lazily did Elusive Man this game like you were talking about. Yeah. Like, he's not as good as he was in the second one. Oh, just, definitely not. He's yeah. not as much of a presence as he was in the no, second No, and game. he's more mindless because he's more indoctrinated. Yeah. And, like, I get, like, what they're going for with it because, like, he's indoctrinated. He's doing all these ideals that don't actually get with him. But it's still lazy. It's lazy writing. It felt lazy. And because Elusive Man, he was an incredible character, and they just made him lazy. Because, like, oh, I am associated with the Reapers now, so I'm just going to do what and, they do. Um, Kai Lang was cool at first. I was so excited yeah. for him to be Kaiden. Caden. Yeah. I would have liked that they're just a cyborg of the squad mate you left to die. I was so excited yeah. for that. You told me about that. I'm like, that sounds way better than Kai Lang. Yeah. No, I thought that's what he was. I thought he was going to be Kaden from the first game that you left to die and then Lucid Man repaired him and made him into Assassin. I thought that's what he was going to be. But nope. He's just some random person that's in the comics. Oh, he's just... You yeah. have to worry about him now. From what I heard, he was in the Mass Effect books. Yeah, and it just bothers me because it's like, oh, Anderson's I don't know him. him. Yeah, Anderson knows him. you just play him. the games, you don't know him. Yeah, Anderson knows him. <laughs> it bothers me, though. Uh, best, uh, another part I really enjoyed about Mass Effect, though, was shooting Udina in the head. Oh, that was I renegade that every time. I don't care if I was going 100% Paragon, I was going to shoot that fucker in the head. <laughs> Udina is one of the worst characters yeah, ever made. He's just... I'm. Which is good. Like, I shouldn't say, like, worst character. Like, it's not like the game made him bad, like, gameplay-wise. No, the game made him bad storyline-wise. They made him Because they made him the piece of shit that you want to kill. They made him being good at bad. Yeah. No, they did a perfect job with that. And I was so satisfied when I killed him. Right away when that trigger thing shows up, I press it. I don't hesitate. I loved it. It was great. <laughs> and I, honestly, at the end of the day, I'm still just pissed that Anderson wasn't part of the council because the, the Mass Effect 2 didn't take into that. Yeah. It was... Just shooting him was great. Oh, Kai yeah. Lang sucked. Uh, Elusive Man felt more lazy. Uh, the Reapers were the Reapers. Elusive Man was super lazy. Yeah. Like, literally, the end mission with him was in the Citadel. He's barely a part and you kill him. It's just like, why? We jump into the end now? 
I mean, we're here. Yeah, uh, this is the part of the game where it kind of... Once you go in that beam, yeah, the game goes to complete crap. Oh, wait, are we talking about after you get to the beam in Mass Effect 3? Yeah, at the end. It is garbage. Yeah, I mean, it is one of the worst experiences I've ever had in a game. Before that, before they came out with like the DLC, which, what DLC? He keeps coming back to DLC. Your squad, your crew dies on yeah. that way to that beat. No, okay. So if you want to talk about release version, not DLC version. Yeah, they die. No team exists when you enter the final cutscene. So what happens is, no team exists. No matter who you picked. You just randomly spawn on a battlefield, and you have to run to a beam. No enemies exist besides one marauder. Marauder shields. Marauder shields, never forget. <laughs> but you kill him, enter the shield. And then you enter some fucking stupid storyline between Anderson and you and Lucid yeah. Man and you. And it makes no fucking sense because Anderson would not be there regardless. So that's... They say Literally, the only way that I can understand the end of Mass Effect 3 is the indoctrination theory. Makes sense. Yeah, um, that's... And he's like, oh, I came in the beam after you. And it's like, yeah. then why did you beam in front of me? That oh, yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no fucking spot. sense. So that's why the only way that I can accept the ending of Mass Effect 3 is the indoctrination theory is real. Once you hit that beam, that, that the game goes to crap. Um... They this fixed fucking garbage. Yeah. They fixed the squad mate issue because your squad dies beforehand. Yeah. But if you get the free DLC, which it should have been free to fix your mistakes. See, I played Mass Effect three before even yeah. the free DLC release. They survived. Your squad, your squad See, survives. Back then, though, before yeah. the free DLC, yeah. you didn't even hear about your squad. They don't exist after when you run towards the beam. Yeah. Um. They just. Oh. That moment, though. All you see is fucking what's-his-face Joker, Joker opening a fucking shuttle door Which, to a new planet. By That's the way... all you see. Can we talk about this fan service-wise? You put a sexy robot in the game, and you have her not able to And smash. you don't expect me to fuck her. Yeah, right? I mean, fan service-wise. Come on, guys. <laughs> but... For the free DLC, the moment, though, where Garrus like, gets on the ship, he's, like, reaching his hand out, like, you're coming, and you're like, not this time. See, oh like, God, I like cry. that idea, about but it wasn't cry. in the game. Yes, but it was free DLC, Sean. That's the thing. <laughs> I get that, but I didn't play when it was free DLC. Anyways, back into the Catalyst Bean Citadel thing. It's garbage. <laughs> oh, and then that whole part between Anderson, like, Lucid Man's trying to get you shoot Anderson. Ugh. It was garbage. Take away the Indoctrinated 3, which makes a lot of sense at this it point. It makes way more sense than the By the way, game. the whole Dreams thing was stupid throughout the whole game. All that yeah, game. no, like, that's why I wanted to bring up the Dream Theory, because yeah. it made way more sense with the Indoctrination Theory. It was dumb, though. The yeah, thing no, I mean, it was awful. I don't like chasing a kid in slow-mo. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, anyways, your theory makes sense, but without the theory, they wrote the game without the theory in mind, and it's just dumb, because... Just once you hit that beam, nothing makes sense. Oh yeah, and you're like nothing makes sense after you hit that. And then beam. after that decision, you like uh, Anderson dies, no matter what, because he gets shot. Oh yeah, because you kill the elusive man or whatever. Yeah. And then Anderson sits there, and you have your moment where it's like, yeah, you're kind of my you know surrogate dad in this game. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I love you, son. He doesn't say it, but it's what I was thinking. Um, and then he dies, and then you go into the catalyst portion, and then. This little hologram of a kid. By the way, 
this kid was stupid in the story. I hate him. Yeah. Like, oh, no. It's awful. I, I thought it was dumb. I thought it should have been, like, you could have used, like, someone else. Like, oh, a former squad mate who died. Yeah. Ashley or Caden would have been way better than Oh, yeah. Kid. It would have been perfect. Like, like, if you pick Ashley or Caden for yeah, that. If they died, they would died. be the one talking to you at the yeah. end. Not some kid I don't care about. Yeah. And, like, the kid that you care about from the intro mission of Mass Effect 3 that you didn't care about anyways. It was dumb. I thought it was stupid. And then he's telling you, all right, so you get to make your three decisions. You get to, one, uh, kill the Reapers. Two, take over the Reapers. Or three, have organics and synthetics fuse into one new race. Guess what? All of them are the same. Y'all know this. Yeah, different colors. It's all different colors. Even with the free DLC, it doesn't change much. Yeah, it doesn't change much. They explain, like, oh, the aftermath. And I was like, okay, that's dumb. Yeah, it's basically all the same. It's stupid. Uh, you guys really shoehorned in the ending. Uh, and you really showed off how EA it, rushed your production The whole schedule. thing with the Catalyst. The Catalyst should have just been a thing. Oh, you play it in Citadel. Reapers die. That's how the game should end. Yeah. Honestly, don't give me a choice where it doesn't change a goddamn thing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Have me plug it in. All the Reapers die. Shipper can live a long, happy life with whoever. <laughs> with everybody that I want. Yeah, uh... Obviously, me and Garrus are roommates, and obviously the person I romance is cool with it. <laughs> but, no. And then you sit through three games for the motherfucker to die. That pissed me off yeah. so much. I I get if you're going to kill a character in a game, that's fine. At three games in, no, that is not fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. He sh- Shepard deserved to have a long, happy life. That's how I see the ending, is you blow up all the Reapers. Seriously, Shepard sacrificed his entire fucking life to ensure, like, life existed in the galaxy. And you killed him. And then Shepard died. <sighs> now, you don't even get to see what happened to him after that. He's just dead. He's just dead. Even Goodbye. free DLC, they have a funeral for him. And that's yeah, funny. like, if you play Legendary, he supposedly moves his hand. Oh, no, he's still dead. Yeah. Uh, that's apparently in the adoption area indoctrination theory that's where he like wakes up from the yeah. indoctrination age because if you choose to blow up the reapers that's you resisting the indoctrination yeah. which is fine but that doesn't make sense you should have just plugged in the catalyst sense. reapers die lovely uh, maybe a one on one match between me and Harbinger I would have been cool right. <laughs> and while that's going on the catalyst is moving to the citadel to blow up everything yeah that would have been better than the end of it Ugh. because like honestly the end of that that's, game was thrown together in five seconds that's how it ends for me is it blows up and Shepard lives a long happy life with Liar <laughs> we have some blue babies it's great oh. like seriously <laughs> let's like go 800 years in the future it's way more is it? It's like 60,000 years. Okay, whatever. Mass Effect Andromeda. Andromeda. Ooh, I've been waiting to get to this one. Yeah, Ooh. no. Like the new entry of the series. The newest. Oh. Man, it was garbage. It was not complete garbage. It was garbage. No. <laughs> Gameplay was fun. I loved the how you weren't restricted to any tree. You could literally do anything you wanted. Yeah, and you that had, was fun, except for the story and, and you had everything. Three different loadouts. We're talking about the gameplay right now, okay? <laughs> we'll get to the story. You have three different loadouts. You can switch from any weapons you want to carry, any moves you want to do. That's what I loved. Yeah, I feel you. The gameplay was fun, and then I had to listen to the story. Okay, story. Let's get real for a minute. Okay. I'm gonna start simple here. Gotcha. Compare and contrast. Okay. That's gonna be most of this section, by the way. Gotcha. Rider. Yep. Better character. Then 
Shepard. Fuck you, you. No, you have more options. You can make it more personal. Like, no, fuck that. I mean, I always went funny guy option, which was great. Okay. You, you want to talk about this shit? I like you want to get that real. option. Okay, Andromeda. It had three options every single fucking conversation. Four. Point. So it had yes, no, and uh, sarcastic uh, yes. Sarcastic. That was it. Logical, scientific. Like they had. All of them ended up in yes. That's how you progress the game. Some well, of that's ridiculous. Just, I, there should be a choice in the matter. He, not a fucking, oh, I'm going to say yes regardless yes. of whatever you say. They shouldn't have gotten rid of like Paragon and Renegade. But he has more personality, and that's what I liked about Ryder. I, I always... almost say no, though, because the personality is to a point. No, cause no matter what somebody says to him, he will accept that mission regardless. That's how the game's supposed to... You're supposed to do missions and get... I them. hate that. No, I want to be my I, own man. You get to be more of your own character. Like, oh, you want to play as, like the logical one and be like a nerd? You can do that. You want to be a smartass like you are in real life? You can do that. Shepard was good, bad, neutral. That was it. That was all he was. But that's the same thing as Andromeda. And his voice acting had You more had good, emotion. bad, or sarcastic. You had up four. There were four main options. No, those were the three no, main options. There was logical. Fucking name another one. Logical, sarcastic, emotional, and then there was a fourth one. That Fucking I can't bullshit. No, they had those three options. No, they had four because there were four different icons that I remember. <laughs> I'm just saying he had more character than Shepard, and there was more passion in the voice acting than there was for Mark Mir. Sometimes that is not Mark Mir's fault. I want to express that. Not his fault, but he had more. And just, I loved, I would play Smartass either way, which was how it was going to go. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like when The you, voice act for Ryder wasn't bad, but I feel like he's phoning it sometimes. It, sometimes, but he did have like more emotion. Like it felt more passionate than Shepard. Sometimes. Like, yeah. I'm that's Shepherd. what bothered me. Because Shepard, I feel like Mark Mir. Had more consistency with when he had to get emotional. Ryder is random. It's random missions, it's, he was emotional. Random missions, he wasn't. It's what you chose. And the whole thing is, Ryder was never going to be Shepard. And I feel like a lot of people took that to heart. <laughs> well, I mean, you gotta, you have to view it. Because Mass Effect 1 through 3 was a very big series. Yeah. So Andromeda, the protagonist, had to live up to Shepard's legacy. And he didn't. Because you... Well, he had one game to do it. Yeah, and he still didn't. Give him three games. After His dad just... died and he never revisited the planet. Spoiler alert. Uh, I am going to actually agree with you on that one. He handled his dad's death like shit. It made no sense. Um, But I'm going to blame that on the writing of the game. Well, yeah, that's, that's what I will explain the entire game for. <laughs> like, I won't blame it on Ryder, but like, seriously. It the entire was... game was written like a fucking five-year-old. Oh, my dad died. I'm never going to revisit this planet. No, th that planet was fucking named after you. It is called Rider One. Go find your father, you son of a bitch. It's not even that. It's that you felt, he literally felt nothing. Your dad's dead. He's like, okay, what's next? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. he didn't even process that. And your dad was there sometimes, all right? My dad wasn't, so I would have processed it a lot differently. But the issue is... It makes no fucking sense to me for the storyline. No, it was dumb. Because, like, like, what it's establishing is, like, writers, they're very important about family. 
but all of a sudden in this game series they're not. And Father Ryder, I don't even remember his name. Alec. Alec. Alec He's Ryder. dead. And the main like, rider doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. He's just like, oh, okay, I have to deal with shit now. Yeah, it does Oh, I'm the Pathfinder now? Okay. Yeah. He doesn't even give a fuck. And it's like, okay, so did you have a bad relationship was, with your father or what? It was... It, unfortunately, the game, after putting out the Mass Effect series that you did, this writing was crap compared to that. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda? It's a pile of garbage yeah, compared like, to every single other game. I get you wanted to do nothing with the previous Mass Effect games. Yeah. But that doesn't mean don't try. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, we, we'll we just make money off this quick because, you know, it's Mass Effect and people eat that shit up. Exactly what they thought. Yeah, and that's what pisses me off. There, I do like that he had more options to be more, you know, personal. Like open world? Yeah. Uh, no, screw that. Screw that open world crap, all right? Oh, you can drive away in the new improved Mako. That just builds more annoying side quests. Still just open roads that mean nothing. Exactly. Like, there's not as much meat in this one. It's just like, oh, here's all this fluff. No, there's <laughs> fucking no meat. No, like... Like, every single planet that you go to, when you play the story missions, it's fun. When, when you, you play every single else mission, it's that awful. That was the same disaster they had in Inquisition. It's yeah. like... I'd rather have a really well-written game with some good gameplay yeah. than the ability to free roam and it not really mean in shit. Yeah. So, like, that's why, like, I'll always go... So, like, we're getting off track right now. But, like, that's why I'll always side with Dragon Age 2 over in Inquisition. So, Inquisition had the best gameplay of the entire series. But in Dragon Age 2 had a very concise story. Had exactly where you had to go at the exact time. Fantastic. Inquisition... Oh, let's ride this fucking horse to this fucking place for 20 minutes. No, fuck that. I am fucking 23 years old. I do not want to deal with that shit. I bought a game for a fucking reason. Send me to the place that I have to go. Yeah, like in uh, Mass Effect like uh, 3 or 2 or whatever, they had the hub, which was the Citadel. Yeah. But each mission like had its area. Uh-huh. Not, oh, explore this whole world. Oh, yeah. And then they'd give you missions where it's like, oh, can you do eight other things on 20 other planets, please? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, there's nothing. Like, in Mass Effect 2, it was, oh, here's a random mission if you want to do it on this random planet. Just go and defend this place for a while. Stay in this section. But in Mass Effect 3, it's, or what? Andromeda. Andromeda, yeah. It's like, oh, okay, here's this new planet. Go and do fucking 25 missions here to get 18% towards your thing. And it's like, no. No. Don't it's keep... not interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, stick to the main story. Don't give me the side crap that no one wants to do. Yeah, like, honestly, like, when you want to go, like, and review, like, the glyphs or whatever that, like, let you um, expand your knowledge oh, of the it, area, gosh. it was the worst part of it because, like, the map that they developed for every single place was interesting. I like that. Yeah. Like, especially that one place, the Jal, like, Angara homeworld. Yeah. Like, that was a very interesting map. But its mission was, oh, go and find these three quest objectives in this random ruin. And here's a bunch of pe- uh, mobs in front of you. It's like, that's not fun. They should have never gone open world, is what yeah, I'm saying. No, no, no. Mass Effect is not designed for open world, and I'm mad that they think they are. Yeah, they're like, oh, you can explore, but it doesn't make a shit because you can't really explore Jack. Yeah, no. Like, yeah, I mean, you can explore. 
But, but here's nothing. a bunch of random fucking missions that don't mean anything. Exactly. They should have done what the other previous Mass Effects did and just had it be, like, story-based. Yeah, not... like, you want to know how many yeah. fucking missions I did for the Angara and they didn't fucking help at all in the final fight? <sighs> like, I would have been fine with the idea of, oh, we're doing missions to help the Angara and establish our connection with them. But they didn't have a connection like Mass Effect 3 did to the entire thing. Where, like, Mass Effect 3, every single time you completed a mission, told you what, like, resources you added to the final fight. Mass Effect Andromeda is like, oh, okay, you did that. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, don't even get me started on the Angara. I was very disappointed by the Angara. The Angara was the most disappointing A new ever. race, and they suck ass and they're hard as fuck to look at yeah, yeah. come on no right. honestly the only thing that i've ever been interested in is the fan theory of it is that a reaper went to the andromeda universe and taught the angara to speak english or whatever so in mass effect andromeda you remember when you meet like their god or whatever yeah. like that mission and then you meet a reaper yeah, like, you realize, like, oh, shit. Like, they want nothing to do with the previous I know, race. but I'm saying, like, that would have been a way better story. Than what they did, yes. Yeah. The Angara, because the Angara means nothing. The Angara suck. The Angara was literally created by, what, the cat? No, they weren't no. even created by the cat. They They're, were just created by something. They just live in that region. And they were just there. Yeah. Um. And then the cat decided to take them over. I didn't meet a single interesting uh, Angaran. No, Jaw none of them. was boring. The jaw? Jaw was awful. Yeah. Like, he could have been so much more. It was... It was just... You introduced this new race, and I, me and everyone else was let down. No one likes the Angara. It was dumb. What just, like, gets me every single time that I think about it is, like, what could have been. Yeah. So, like, if you think about, like, what you could have turned those villains into, what would you have done? I think the Angara would just... Bad choice. What I think I would have done personally is... So, first off, I would have made the villains Reapers. Because... We're done with the Reapers. No, no, no. <laughs> Just listen. So, Reapers mainstay from the main series. And you understand what they want to do. They want to erase all organic life to reset it. What I would do is an offset of the Reapers. So these Reapers came to the Andromeda Galaxy because they didn't fully believe in it, but they do believe in the fact that they want to get rid of bad organic um, races. So then the Ket come along, and the Ket want to indoctrinate everybody and assimilate them into their species. And the Reapers are like, fuck that shit, like we're not going to do that. And then they fucking destroy the Reapers with the Scourge. Because the Scourge is a fact in the Andromeda Galaxy that they never explore, ever in the entire series. Uh, another old race that you yeah, don't it's really a learn weapon shit about. that the cat deployed, but you don't know what it solved. And what I believe is that, what I want to believe at least, that the cat deployed that to kill the Reapers. So all the Reapers are dead in the galaxy. Because of the Scourge, and then the Ket come to claim with the scraps. I like the Ket. I'm going to say that right now. Yeah, no, they, the Ket's a great character. But what yeah, I like the idea of good is villains. so... Fuck off for a second. I need to fucking come up with my storyline. So what I like the idea of is that the Scourge happened, killed the Reapers, 
but a reaper survived. And the reaper comes back to establish itself in front of, um, you remember the galaxy? That the Angara, no, the mountain, mountain, not galaxy, sorry. The mountain that, like, the Angaras worshipped, that, like, they, our God speaks to us here. Yeah. So it would be incredible during that scene where you're praying at the mountain to get the Angaras trust or whatever, a reaper lands. Like, that would have been incredible. No, you don't know what reapers are. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because none of anybody part of the Andromeda mission knows what the reapers are. And the Reaper talks to you and says, like, okay, we need to take care of this shit. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, the entire Mass Effect series before this game was you against the Reapers. And then all of a sudden, Mass Effect Andromeda is you working for the Reapers. Like, you working with them, trying to combat this new foe. That would be such a difference that it would be incredible. Because you'd see, like, what certain sects of the Reapers think. Yeah. And, like, you'd see them as an ally almost. But they never do that. And that's, to me, it's lazy. Dude, uh, anything you are pitching here is better than what they actually did. What are you talking about? Fucking, oh, here's a cat. Oh, they're bad. They're done. I liked the cat because, you know, they had more personality than the Reapers because the Reapers were destroy everything. These guys were kind of like, yeah, we're going to, like, mix our genes and shit, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that's our thing. Like, oh, we will be family soon. You will be brainwashed and do everything we do. Yeah, I Love like you. the idea behind them, but honestly, it was just, like, badly The way they executed it was terrible. Yeah. The Ungar were disappointing, and please give me something better to look at. Jesus Yeah, like, Christ. literally, they introduced, like, oh, this was this race that invented the cat and the Angara. But we're not going to name them, and they're gone. Yeah, it was, um... Yeah, they had another ancient race from the Remnants. I like the Remnants. I like those... Thing. So, okay. Bes- besides the fucking list, you want to know my take on fucking Andromeda? It's a fucking pile of garbage. I think it's better than that. It's the worst game ever made in the series. True. I will say that is true. I like the game. Uh, they just kind of did it like crap. No, they did. Definitely. The story was crap. Did. Uh, Whoever fucking designed the story of Andromeda, I want you to know personally. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, because I know you will. You are a pile of garbage. Do not write anything after this. Yes, because this... Um, and then they... Um, the characters... Like, what happened? Mass Effect's known for having some really good characters, and you gave us this crap? Oh, yeah. It makes no fucking uh, sense. Everyone on the ship sucked. Uh, the only people I liked were Drac and PB, and that was it. Yeah, and honestly, <laughs> it's not that fucking hard to write a Krogan. No. Krogan's... Are always good. Any game, they're good. Yeah. I like PB. I, I'm a huge fan of the Sari. Like, I guess if you want to, like, be technical, I guess it's hard to write for a Sari. But you've only had Liara, it's, and she's perfect. They had Liara. So, um, honestly, it's not that hard. Samara was crap. Samara was the biggest pile of shit that you did in Mass Effect 2, and I got over it. When you introduced PB, it's like, oh, okay, so you're still bad. I like PB. I thought she yeah, was really good. Yeah, she's too. okay. She's, she's not that good. Fun character. If you fucking compare PB to Liar, she's okay. nothing. That's, you can't do better than Liar. I'm just saying she was a good character. I'm just fucking saying that Andromeda means nothing compared to 3. Yeah, um, that is true. But I like Drac and PB. The rest of them, uh, Liam was just trying to be my friend. I was like, bro, no. Fuck Liam. 
Liam, no. Korra was boring. Liam had one good mission. Gil it was his loyalty su- mission. Yeah. Gil sucked. Korra uh, was awful. She was talking about sand. Yes. And it was awful. <laughs> sand. Uh, story and characters were written well. The gameplay, they did really well. That's the one thing I can actually say is that they did the what gameplay. What the fuck's the Torian's name? Vetra. Vetra. She was awful. She was boring. She was so boring. She was very boring. And it's like... Uh, I get you'll never do another Garrus, but you didn't even try. Yeah, you didn't even try. Like, really? literally. Like, I get that you can't do Garrus after that, but seriously, can you make the Torian at least likable? Because I hated Vetra. Yeah. Oh. it's They didn't really have many likable characters. No, they didn't have a single one. Honestly, to me, I hated all of my crewmates. Drak is great. Drak was fine. He's the old and veteran that was about who it. doesn't give a fuck. And then I had I had Drak and PB the basically the whole game. Just because they were the only ones that I could stand their dialogue. Yeah. <sighs> After that I couldn't stand any of them. It I can see why this game failed. And then what pisses me off the most is they gave up on their game. They had DLCs and things planned, they're like, nah, screw it, we're giving up. I that's why I won't respect Bioware after yeah. this game. Uh, this it killed the Mass Effect series, unfortunately. It definitely did because because there's no coming back. From they this. had a series that so many people were invested, and they just quit it. Yeah. Rather than doing any conclusive end, they just quit the series, and it's like that is not what you should do. Give us a conclusive end to it, not just quit. Yeah, because they, le- you. they left so many open doors in this game, too. Especially when they quit Andromeda. Yeah. Like, quit three. Because, like, we get it. Oh, no, you don't answer the question of the Reapers. We'll get that. <laughs> Andromeda had so many open plot points that they did not answer. What happened to the mother? What happened to the father? It, it just does not explain anything. Yeah, dad died. You find your mom in a tube waiting for a cure. Like, okay. Um, who's the benefactor? Who killed the previous leader of like the initial, like the whatever? Yeah, leader? like who's the leader of the cat? Yeah, because the leader of the cat that you deal with is only one of they like, establish as a sovereign nation of it. Like he's not actually yeah. the main part. The of it. archon is just a rank. Yeah, pretty so much. like who's the leader of it? And they were setting up that guy to be the villain for the next one, and then they just gave up. Yeah, they. They did not establish that at all. No, um, and uh, there was rumors of a uh, Corian DLC because you read that thing where the Corian ship was like crashed or whatever. That was very gonna happen. And then, then they were they like, realized no. that sales didn't happen. They, you didn't even like. Why give up on your game? Why not try everything you can do to make it good? Fucking to this day, No Man's Sky is still trying to make their game good. It's not working, but they're trying like motherfucker. Yeah, I still don't understand how, like, No Man's Sky can still have a fan base, but Mass Effect still doesn't. They're not even going to try. You're Bioware, man. You make games all the time. Come on. We deserve you to, like, try. Yeah. (laughs) Or do, like, four DLCs to wrap up this game so I don't have to work, like, you know, I don't have all these unopened, unanswered questions. That's what I'm hoping for for Anthem. (sighs) That, like, I know it won't answer anything for Mass Effect. That's fine. But, like, at least it'll do something for their gameplay. So, like, I at least, like, have restored hope that Bioware is still a game company. Yeah, they could be like, oh, okay, we won't give up on Bioware. Because uh, Mass Effect may have failed, but 
God damn it, I need another Dragon Age. <laughs> yeah, fuck, uh, fuck Mass Effect at this point. Bioware, if Just you're listening, um, I think you could go back to Bioware when you rebuild the name you completely destroyed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Literally, you shit all over it with Andromeda. Yeah, uh, Anthem needs to be good. I didn't even hate Andromeda. You shit all over it because you gave up hope Yeah. with it. And you guys suck. <laughs> but give me another Dragon Age. Give me the option to take Solus's arm. I want his fucking arm. I have my reasons. And give me an option to be a female. Does that, Has the Dragon Age had that yet? Every Dragon Age okay. can be a girl. I'm sorry. Yeah, Hawk, Warden, Inquisitor. Anyways, I, we, I can't believe we did it in that short amount of time. I thought the whole Mass Effect thing was going to be like... <laughs> Are you talking about short amount of time? It's been an hour and a half. We've never had a podcast I this long. I thought it was going to be longer. <laughs> Uh, but and I thought I was going to defend Andromeda more, but oh my god, did I lay into it more than I was going to? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I sucked 100% that game, but... No, seriously, Andromeda sucks. Uh, yes, and don't even think about trying to fix Mass Effect until you get your name better. Because <laughs> right now, it is in the garbage. <laughs> it is in the garbage. It is. Uh, Anthem- I only can <laughs> hope that Anthem is good. If Anthem is not good, Bioware will not be a company yeah, in a few well. months. <laughs> Damn it, Bioware. <laughs> but anyways, this was the Mass Effect podcast. Yeah. 101 Mass Effect. <laughs> uh, There's three cheers. I'm Sean. I'm Jordan. Have a good night.